Hey there, and welcome to Are We Europe Readouts. Today we're reading a story from our latest print magazine, The Sports Issue. For some, sports is the stuff of nation-building, flags and hymns, blood, sweat and tears. To others, it is simple entertainment. What can sports tell us about who we are? Listen up to find out. The Transcontinental Race Exploring the European Continent in a 4,000-kilometer bike race by Josh Cunningham, read by Mikta Reworst. It's just past four o'clock in the morning and I'm cycling through the still, damp air of a summer night in Bosnia. I'm heading southeast from the Croatian border between the first valley folds of the Dinaric Alps. Peering down the road into the gloom, my eyes land on the silhouette of a hulking mass of rock up ahead. The black of the mountainside is only faintly separated from the deep blue hues of night beyond. I begin to trace its outer edge up until it is engulfed in cloud and disappears from view. My eyes return dreamily to the lonely patch of asphalt lit up by my front lights. I continue pedaling into the belly of the mountain. Twenty-four hours earlier, I was cycling through the endless expanse of the great Hungarian plain, which fell away from either side of the road as I advanced. The smell of dew-drenched summer grass washed over me as I emerged into the dawning day. Twenty-four hours before that, I was lost somewhere on the outskirts of Brno in the Czech Republic. I tried to navigate a disorientating assemblage of highways, language barriers, and sleep deprivation. Something like a week prior to that, the days had become a blur by this point, I had rolled out of the small town of Gerardsbergen in Belgium, along with 300 other cyclists. It was the start of the Transcontinental, a 4,000-kilometer non-stop bicycle race across Europe. The journey since has been an entangled web of people, places, spaces, and time. This sporting event has no field, stadium, or arena. The European continent is the setting. Its topography is the challenge to be reckoned with. Somewhere between the blurred boundaries of self and landscape, history and geography, nature and culture, sport and life, we ride. The rules of the transcontinental are fairly straightforward. Ride from one side of Europe to the other without any support that wouldn't be available to any other rider. This means that using things like hotels, restaurants, Google Maps and bike shops is allowed but calling up your mom for directions or sleeping at a friend's house isn't. Riders must plot their own route through the mandatory checkpoints, which in the race's eight-year history have been held everywhere from Mont Ventoux in France to the Bay of Cotor in Montenegro, the Sofreta Hochalpenstrasse in Austria to the Transvagarasan in Romania. Riders' moves are tracked digitally via GPS units relaying live data from devices around the world. While it's not strictly a rule, most riders try to complete the race as quickly as possible. Negotiating the balance between sleep, food, and progress, the fastest contestants cover almost 500 kilometers a day and finish in just over a week. Traveling by bicycle across the continent, familiar views begin to dissolve. The slow but unrelenting progress takes riders through overlapping layers of culture, language, ethnicity, religion, and history, drawing new connections into focus. Whether it is to stop and buy food, fix your bike at a local shop, ask for directions, or find somewhere to sleep, the rhythms of everyday life from Belgium to Bosnia take on a remarkable commonality. The ideals of sport are woven into the race's very code of conduct. To succeed, participants must find commonality rather than difference and build personal relationships that go beyond politics, nationality, or language. Entering the meditative trance induced by physical exertion, body and mind begin to tune into new sensibilities. It matters little that this event can last over two weeks. The clock doesn't stop, and thereby neither does the momentum. As the kilometers go by, the pedal rotations enter the hundreds of thousands and then the millions. The boundaries of time and space dissolve, 
The impatient clamor of day and the eerie peace of night laps back and forth, bringing with them different scenes, characters, and states of mind. Geography acts as a guide. Mountains are avoided at all costs in route planning decisions, and the great rivers once again become markers of distance. The narrative of the journey links the Ardennes to the Alps and the Danube to the Dinari Des. The towns which lie between them are often overlooked in our hyper-connected world of motorways, air travel, and mobile internet. Distant places are drawn together with bonds that would elude even close neighbors if the same journey were to be made by car, train, or email. For the philosopher Maurice Merleau-Ponty, the experience of place is based on a symbiosis between the flesh of the body with the flesh of the world. By physically participating, we come to know the landscape, and it comes to know us. As cyclists, we experience this feeling from the evolving perspective of gradual conditions and purposeful motion. As we roll through the landscape, we become part of it, and it becomes part of us. Dr. Justin Spinney is a keen cyclist and human geographer at Cardiff University. He refers to this dynamic as kinesthesia, the way in which we create a place of sense and a sense of place. Our movements shape our identity, and our sense of self is intimately tied to the places we dwell or move within. The transcontinental isn't simply a privileged way to experience the European continent. It is an empowering, connective, and ultimately transformative experience. I approach the top of the pass just as the murky depths of pre-dawn are starting to lift from the valley below. The first hint of sun begins to tease the surrounding rock faces with the warm glow of lights. At the bottom, still lurking in the blue-gray mist, is Sarajevo and breakfast. But I find myself pedaling slowly as I crest the coal between the peaks. I want to revel in this moment of kinesthetic wonder. No longer an ethereal mass lurking in the night, the generic Alps come into relief gaining in texture, color, and personality with every passing minute. It may have taken me over a week to arrive here, but it has taken the rocks that shared with me over 200 million years. Formed from the compacted remains of a long-forgotten distant seafloor during the Mesozoic era, the limestone of the Adriatic Plate, as it is now known, was eventually forced into the European Plate between 23 and 66 million years ago. It is still moving in the same direction, transforming the continent with forces that are as slow as they are powerful. My participation in this landscape is as brief as the identities made and remade by the borders, nations, politics, and ideologies that have defined Europe during its relatively short history. Making ideas of origin appear somewhat absurd. Are these rocks European? Were they Yugoslav 30 years ago? Austro-Hungarian 100 years ago? Ottoman 500 years ago? Avar Kagan 1500 years ago? Or have there just been rocks and seas before that all along? To participate in landscape, as in sport, is to open the possibility of marking new relations or uncovering new identities and ideas. It is to contribute to connections which predate our arrival and which will continue long into the future. Riders of the transcontinental have a rare opportunity to do something as big as cycling across a continent while contextualizing their experience within the much bigger journeys of history and time itself. Did you like listening to this story? Dive into all our readouts from this issue or previous ones, or listen to our narrative Are We Europe stories wherever you get your earful of audio right now. And don't forget, you can also become an Are We Europe member and connect with storytellers and others across the continent starting at 4 euros a month. Just go to areweeurope.com member and help us build a new media for a changing continent. That's areweeurope.com member.